It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. Are we running? I'm good. I don't know. Sometimes we just start. I'm good. I mean, like I said, I think life is good. It's This time last year, I was very uh, unsure of where I'm going, what's yeah. happening. Lots now happening. I'm a stagehand full-time. And That's Mr. Union, Pickles, right? That's a union. Yeah. So I get, you know, I get a good wage and I'm doing mm-hmm. usually different things all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Downtown mostly? Like the Palace and Ohio shows? Or Palace, is it all over? the Ohio, the convention center a oh, lot. Unfortunately, okay. you have to do things that I don't like doing, which is... Like what? The kicking carpet, like laying the carpet down in all the convention center, or oh. setting up booths, oh. pipe and draping. What do you want yeah. to do, though? Like hanging lights and sets and all that stuff? Yeah, or what? yes. Yeah, I like doing that. Like I okay. just worked the ballet, uh, mm-hmm. and For I the worked uh, the Nutcracker, and okay. I worked... Um, I did fly rail for the um, uh, Christmas Carol that came mm-hmm. in. So, and the Mr. Pickles thing, yeah. I think, is just going to do a little bit better every year. Yeah. Uh, as long as I keep my repeat, you know, repeat customers mm-hmm. and bring in new stuff, and yeah. so. I'm so proud of you. I mean, it's good. Oh, thank it's you. Good. I so we should probably introduce who you are. Okay. Right. So, welcome to Speak Easily. With Krista Stauffer. I'm Krista Stauffer. And you are Kevin Cardi. I'm Kevin Ford Cardi. Kevin Ford Cardi. <laughs> Kevin F. Cardi. That's right. KFC is the all <laughs> freak, chicken freaks out there want to say. And I'm so excited to have you on because you have been one of my dearest friends for like, gosh, six years now? Five minutes, I thought. No, yeah, six years. Shut up. Well, <laughs> isn't that amazing, though, since it's, we did it's that? It's been six years. Wow. We still joke about that show. So Kevin and I met during... Um, Literally, we met and we started immediately. So back in, what was the year? That would have been 2014? I, I thought it had been at least five years. So six is amazing. 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. We both were cast in the cat co-production of I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change. Right. Which I don't know if it was meant to be such a short rehearsal. Joe's going to kill me for this. But whether it was meant to be such a short rehearsal period or they just assumed we could do a short rehearsal period. I think they, because of the cast that they chose, they yeah. were looking for a cast who could knock Just, it out very quickly. Right. And by very quickly, we had six rehearsals. Joe says seven. I say six. Because well, we, had the, we had the gala within Yeah, there. some people had to leave for the gala. <laughs> some people weren't invited. <laughs> this is where Joe Bashar is going to get Yeah. Ready. No, but we, we did. And I, I always laugh at it in that probably the craziest thing is that we pulled it off. In six rehearsals, we managed to put the show together. We ran for six weekends straight. That was pretty amazing. It was amazing. That was pretty. It was hard. I mean, we it went. We all went through some physical stuff and yeah. some uh, um, sickness going around. Mm-hmm. But I think in the long run, yeah, it was fantastic. It was, it was a, great a great show. show. It's a good show. It is a good show. And and I think that for me, because of where I was, and I was talking about this with Jessica, who was just here before, and that. Um, you probably remember my son was extremely sick at that time. Oh yes, um, went to he the was hospital. In the hospital until and he he was released the day that we started rehearsal. 
Oh so, gosh. Yeah. See how stressful that is on you. I had a sinus and infection. You, oh my. Um, but I remember meeting you. You had an ugly dress. Oh, sorry. <laughs> not by my I couldn't choosing. keep my fly Thank up. Thank you. Yeah, you down. could not. I couldn't keep my fly up. You couldn't. No, but we, I mean, we went into the show knowing we have to know everything immediately because we're just going to go in and just do it. And I remember the first night because uh, Jeff and Eli were working on their songs inside and you and I were like, let's just go out and do this. It was like, hi, I just met you. Let's have our romantic date scene. And <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, gosh. But I, I think it was Ralph that, that set it up for us so well. And like, you guys are going to be fine. Knowing that you knew him and you were as close with him as you were was like. And, the, and as close as you two were with the productions that you had mm-hmm. done with uh, uh, the spelling bee. Yeah. Yeah. You still have schmutz on you. Sorry. Mm. This is, I know it's not on camera, but the mother in me is showing schmutz. out. Schmutz. Schmutz. He's got schmutz on his sweater. <laughs> So are you, I mean, I know your story a little bit, but you're, are you from Columbus? Did you grow up in Columbus? I did not. I grew up in Finley, Ohio, mm-hmm. which is a, a smaller town of about 45, 40 to 45,000. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was a perfect place to grow up. Yeah. Uh, but as the years went on, I remember thinking, you know, when, when I finally got the arts bug and mm-hmm. knew what I wanted to do, I thought, what am I doing here? I mean, there's nothing here yeah. in Finley, Ohio. Did and, you do stuff? In school, I started. Or? I had a substitute teacher in elementary school come in, and after being in there for a little bit, telling, asking me if I'd ever thought about doing theater. <laughs> so she must have seen something. Uh-huh. Yeah, she saw something. And it started. I did community theater, okay. uh, and kind of started that way. Yeah, and theater in high school. What was your first show? My first show was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. My second show is Gypsy, which my friend Todd oh, is in. Yeah. What were you in Gypsy? I was one of the newsboys. Okay. Because I was young. Extra, extra. Hey, hey look, look at, at the, the headlines. Head. <laughs> it's all the news is being made. Dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. I love yes, that show. I think it's a great show. I, I can't wait to go see it. It's good. I saw it last weekend. Um, so you kind of got the bug from from an early age ish. Well, I always had the bug. I was. Uh, um, my family loves this story. My wife of the time that I put up a haunted house in my bedroom and went down to the local radio station to ask him if they would publicize it. And then they called my house during dinner just to get all the final details and everything, which my parents had no idea that you were even doing that. I was advertising a haunted house in my bedroom. <laughs> How old were you? I was in elementary school. I mean, I thought I was going to have the muscular dystrophy carnival in my backyard, and I had Aww. asked Henry Winkler, the Fonz, to come and be there, and I put up posters about that as well, oh saying that gosh. Henry Winkler, the Fonz, was going to be in my backyard. Hey. Yeah, he, he wasn't. Oh. So I kind of was wow. out there. I think they would have had me on Ritalin in this day and age, but I was very... But it was always there. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I was always kind of out there. I know you are. I've known you long <laughs> enough to, not, to completely believe that story. <laughs> so then you ended up at Otterbein. Was that- I, I did. Yeah. First, actually, first I went to Cincinnati Conservatory of Music. Oh, uh, I so I was in CCM. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just chose eight guys and eight girls every wow. year to be in that program. So it was very prestigious. Mm-hmm. However... It was a conservatory, yeah. and I really, coming out of high school, knew nothing what a conservatory was. Right. And it's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. It's not, and it was very backstabbing, which I wasn't. Oh. I wasn't used to that. So no. I had people who were really very evil and mean mm-hmm. at that time of my life. When you're leaving home and you're very vulnerable, and yeah. it's, it, I, I hated it. 
Mm. Um, I didn't end up lasting. Uh, but How then long were you there? Did you I was just there a year. year. Okay. I was there a year. My acting teacher there told me that I would never be anything more than a high school actor. <laughs> in front, in you. front of cool. everybody. These oh, they have these things where these boards, and she said it to me in front of everyone. Um so it was a horrible experience. Yeah. But but I had a gentleman by the name of Barry Alexander who was the professor at uh, University of Finley mm-hmm. at the time Finley College. Yeah. And he had suggested Otterbein mm-hmm. to me. And uh, went there and met with Doc Dodrell, and mm-hmm. um, and the rest was history. I love my education that I got mm-hmm. from Otterbein. Yeah, and you started. So when you were there, did you go into acting, or were you musical theater? Well, you know, they called it musical theater. However, so you got a, a you got a major in theater and a minor in music, and they tried yeah. to call that a musical theater musical degree theater. at the time. I think yeah. years later they put one together. Were you a BFA then, or was I was it BA? I was BFA. Was BFA. Yes. Okay. So what did you do? I mean, I've seen the pictures and they're phenomenal, but <laughs> some of the shows you did there, because you did a lot of the summer thing, oh, too. I did three seasons of Summerstock there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think really starting my junior year, that's when everything started taking off. So I was in the show that really started making, everything started making sense was Amadeus, where I played mm. Mozart. Did you really? I did. That was oh, wow. fantastic. Um, was this post-movie or... This was, oh. That would have been post-movie, Yes, yeah? the movie had not come out yet. That's really? Correct. Yeah, the movie oh, had not. Oh, it was before that. I, the oh, movie I don't know. It's so long ago. The movie oh, was 84. Okay, then it's at, then I didn't get out of mine until 85. So okay. the movie must have been out. In in popularity, probably. Yes. It's one of my favorites. Oh, it's fantastic. Such I love it. I love Tom it. Tom so, Yeah. Wow. So you were, you were Mozart. I was Mozart. I got the, and that was like my breakthrough role where yeah. things sang, started making sense in the mm-hmm. in the theater world of how you did things and and making the connections. And, yeah. Um, and then I got to play Gary in Noises Off, mm-hmm. and um, and you and Ralph, you and Ralph, Ralph and I, went together. we are in Me- Brighton Beach Memoirs and Noises yeah. Off and Amadeus and Ralph mm-hmm. and I were in many of them together. Yeah. Were you guys friends in in college? We were absolutely, okay. absolutely very close in college. So you were in different fraternities, I do know. Well, he was in Jonda, and I was a Pisigger. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, we were very close in college. And yeah. really, I mean, uh, I think we got cast together many times just because of our physicality. I'm 5'9", and, mm-hmm. and and he was and thinner, and he six, was 6, <laughs> seven foot three or <laughs> lurch. Lurch. <laughs> but just comically, us looking yeah. together and stuff. Yeah. So I, I think it just just really worked out well. Mm-hmm. Um, a flea in ear where he played the lead, mm-hmm. and then I was Camille, a guy who didn't have a cleft palate. So mm-hmm. again, a lot of farces we ended up yeah. together. Yeah. And you still farce. These I days. love the farce. I wish more <laughs> theater and companies in Columbus would I attempt really to do, do a farce. Yeah. We're not talking about farts. If you are not an Mm-mm. actor, a farce is different than a fart. Now well, <laughs> they both make you laugh. They however, do. a farce One lasts longer than the well. No, mm-hmm. not necessarily. Mm-hmm. A farce is uh, more uh, a comedy where it's fast paced and and usually usually sexually sexual uh, doors quick, slamming quick. very fast. Yeah. Yes. Very quickly. So Big, noises off would be a good example of that. Uh, of a contemporary farce. A contemporary farce. Ex- absolutely. What about, a, is there a more contemporary example? Uh, you know, I don't really, not I'm not a person who stays and reads lots of plays and stuff. Mm-hmm. However, many, again, years ago, The Nerd mm-hmm. uh, by uh, Shue, William Shue, uh, that is a contemporary farce. Yes. 
We've always talked about doing that. I love Ralph and I both love the nerd. I, I love know. the nerd. I know. He thinks we still could do it. We're too old. We're not too old. But <laughs> <laughs> nobody needs to know. But it's a great show. I love it's that. A great show. I really, I, I did like that script quite a bit. Um, so what happened after Otterbein? What did you do? So after Otterbein, I moved to New York for a while, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I think just about the, like, a year. The, the acting auditioning, mm, a little bit, yes. I mean, I think probably the most exciting thing that happened to me in New York was I had done Chorus Line my senior year at Otterbein, mm-hmm. and I was Richie, the black guy. And since we had no black people at Otterbein, <laughs> I was Richie. <laughs> Oh, Okay. Um, so actually, so I went to an open call for a chorus line that they had. Mm-hmm. They did a whole cattle call thing. Yeah. And um, you had to walk out there, step up to the line, uh, state your name, and do a double pirouette and, and step back. And that's that exactly it? what we had to do in a chorus line. So I actually felt... You could do it. I felt I could, I could do yeah. it. I felt comfortable right. just stepping up and doing it. And they were just typing. They were just looking for people who fit a certain type. So mm-hmm. nothing came of it. But it was actually yeah. very cool. It was in, in the ba, winter ba, ba, garden. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if only you could see our amazing dance moves right now. I just pulled off an incredible quadruple pirouette. I'm worried. But you don't know that because <laughs> you can't lie. see it on a pod. Anyway. Um, it was all right. So, so what brought you? Did you stay... You only stayed for a year. I was only there for a year, and then I, uh, my sister had lived, moved to Chicago, and mm-hmm. I really loved the Chicago scene. Yeah. I thought maybe in a sense, eventually, I, I, I had, for years, I'd wanted to be an artistic director of a theater. Mm-hmm. I, there's probably still part of yeah, me in that, sure that I, I just because I love all elements of mm-hmm. the theater, not just acting. So, um, so I went there, started doing that. Actually, did created a theater of Otterbein mm-hmm. people called the Cardinal Players, and we produced. I think two different shows, mm-hmm. two or three shows. Yeah. Um, but it's hard when everyone moves there. Everybody's yeah. going to do their own thing. Right. So unless you all have a passion together to come together, like kind of like the Steppenwolf people, mm-hmm. um, it was very hard to keep everybody together. Yeah. Well, so, people trying to make a living too, I'm sure. Make a living? Yeah. I mean, yeah. most of us were waiters. <laughs> and, you know, you go do your, you know, you're trying to get your your job out there, but you know, I had an agent there briefly. And mm-hmm. how long were you? In Chicago? I was in Chicago seven and a half years. Oh, love okay. Chicago. Yeah, uh, there I worked as um mostly I worked with a touring company where we did AIDS educational theater. So we toured oh, wow. a seven state radius around Illinois. Mm-hmm. And at that time, this was in the mid eighties or, yeah. or no late eighties. Yeah. Um, Going into the nineties, yeah, 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 just people needed that education of what AIDS and HIV sense. was. So it was huge, yeah. and I actually was one of the people. If we went into a community, uh, the local media and press would talk to me about things, yeah. and, and different people had that role. So that was great. So you probably broke down a lot of the barriers of the scary thing that nobody knew anything about to making it understood as far as what the. Dis- I well, I you know I did, but really the playwrights did. They wrote this great show that they did in college. Uh, I think it was a master's thesis called um, uh, "The Wizard of AIDS." <laughs> so they took "The Wizard of Oz," which everybody knew. They turned it into a parody, <laughs> and then each of the characters had uh, something going on with them, and they all were there to teach Dorothy about about HIV and AIDS and, yeah. and educate her. And uh, so it brought comedy. I mean, people were laughing, but while yeah. they're laughing, they're they were learning. learning. It was a big show oh. at, at really college campuses was huge. They mm. loved it. 
which is a good place for it. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. So I did that, and then so also you started educational theater. Ah, I did. Yes, then. I was doing educational okay. theater yeah. way back then, and then I also was involved with an a cappella group called Four on the Floor. <laughs> Where we did as a four-man a cappella group, and yeah. we did singing throughout uh, Chicago. We went mm -hmm. to did corporate shows down in um, up in Milwaukee, down at uh, Atlanta for Kohler, okay. and um, that was great. I loved doing that. Nice. So seven years in Chicago, and then what? Uh, I came home one day after driving in traffic and said, "Honey." We're moving back to Ohio. Were you married then? I was married then and had a little girl, mm -hmm. uh, two years old. And we didn't want to raise her in Chicago, yeah. in her city. I yeah. didn't see that happening. So moved back here where family was, grandparents. Mm -hmm. And I thought I could make a living in Columbus as an actor. <laughs> there is more to this story, however. There is. <laughs> but, um, um, so, yeah, I came back and thought I could do that. And, and, and that was a tough go. And it probably really started my groundwork of being a stagehand back mm -hmm. then. Started working concerts and stuff. Yeah. And, but um, Were you union then or no? No. No? Okay. Not, I wasn't union then. Okay. So I came back. Started doing that and actually started doing commercial and film work mm -hmm. through uh, Cam Talent. Mm -hmm. And I'd say within six months, I did go union there. Mm -hmm. I was getting booked a lot. Yeah. At that time, there seemed to be a lot of work that was coming out of Cincinnati mm -hmm. and um, a it's lot like of the union. 90s. This was in the 90s. Okay. Yes. Early 90s. Um, so, yeah, I was booking a lot of stuff then, a lot of yeah. union work. So mm -hmm. I went I went after and um what is after explain that for people that may was know American that. Federation of Television and Radio Association see I think that's I think really that's good. what it is and so that's a, that's one of the two well actually Sag they've after. combined mm -hmm. they've combined but yeah. back then they were not they were separate oh they were separate they were separate okay. and there's a lot more after work done in this region than SAG so it didn't SAG really screen actors guild correct and okay. it didn't benefit me to join them at the time mm -hmm. so I joined after not SAG and I did a lot of national commercials out of this area yeah. and local oh. stuff okay booked a lot but again you know life that stuff is you know when is it coming through yeah it's fleeting so eventually i mean i just let my card lapse and mm -hmm. everything because i needed to have a regular job yeah. and something that paid the bills yeah. so i ended up not doing much commercial and film work much after that what'd you do then I worked in the scene shop down for CatCo mm -hmm. and built uh, theater sets for CatCo, for the ballet, for mm -hmm. the opera. Uh, I also was acting in town for um, uh, Cloak and Dagger and oh, the Columbus yeah. Children's Theater mm -hmm. and Phoenix Children's Theater. Yeah. So which, I was, which became CatCo Kids. It did. Yeah. It became CatCo's Kids. Um, and I really was just doing, as I said, well, I wanted to be an artistic director. I was building sets. I was designing mm -hmm. sets. Um I was doing props. I was really kind of doing everything, everything yeah. in the theater realm. Yeah. And, and I loved it. Lights. Mm -hmm. uh, I toured. Then I ended up touring with Robert Post, who's a performance artist. And I would go on the road with him uh, as well. Like when Hunter's in school, I did a month and a half out west. I drove oh 8,500 miles. <sighs> and it was amazing. I saw I saw America. Yeah. And it was incredible. And so I was working with him. What did you do him. for him? I did. I set up a show. So I was his technical director. I'd mm. go in. I'd set up all the lights, all the sound. Yeah. I'd run the show like a stage manager, mm -hmm. and then we tear everything down and go on to the next venue. Oh, that's so cool. Who is Robert Post? I don't know who, who this is. Who is Robert Post? <laughs> Robert Post is a performance artist uh, who um, 
very much kind of an improv kind of guy in yeah. the moment. He has a lot of different things that he's put together over the years. So he'll go and do a show and he'll do like, um, I'll call them sketches in a sense. Mm -hmm. He'll do four or five different sketches, pieces that he's created. Yeah. All of them very physical. Mm -hmm. um, and then he's a juggler and uh, just an all around. What did he do in the schools though? You were in schools then? No, no, no. You, you no. were in actual venues. Okay. Right, yeah. Okay. We were going to these things where they were the public. Then yeah. you would come like someone would come into a, a town community and okay. promote this person yeah. and, or it'd be part of a series that they had. Okay. Uh, like at Otterbein when they had yeah. the artist series. Yeah. Yep. So that's okay. we went and did so stuff like a, that. An artist that would be in Correct, okay. correct. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, so that was really good, and again, it paid the bills, and yeah. you know, you got a little girl, and you got to make sure there's a roof over her head, and right. so I did that, and this, and had you know, W nines coming in from every which direction, you which drives nightmare. you nuts. <laughs> uh, but when you're an artist, that's that's, that's what, what you, you have. That's what you do. That's why we hired a tax guy. That's right. <laughs> Doug was like, "No, I'm not doing this anymore." Yeah, not smart. Okay, so then. Uh, so right. Because I know there's a piece of your story that we're going to eventually get to. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so then I started. Uh, uh, you know, theater was not going to pay the bills. I love theater, but yeah. what was another way of kind of being involved with theater? So then I kind of got into corporate theater, which is doing special events. Mm -hmm. And I hooked up with a company in town um, called Eventco, mm -hmm. which was run by a man who, well, he was a total crook. He's passed away now. I guess I can say that no one, no one can sue me. <laughs> but he was he was a terrible person. Um, but I really got a chance to do so many things, designing and mm. building and putting installs and doing things at uh, venues like the Natural History Museum in New York and, oh, wow. and going out to Phoenix and doing things. And uh, I, I got I learned how to do things right. I learned how to do things wrong. Mm -hmm. And but it really gave me that sense of theater. But I was getting a paycheck. Yeah. And had insurance. Mm. And huh. nice. uh, that was great. So I did that for about a year and a half with him until mm -hmm. I couldn't take it anymore. Uh, just uh, certain things just didn't rub me right. Mm -hmm. So I, I quit yeah. and immediately went into Susical the Musical with Steven Anderson. I, I They brought me in and I yeah. did that, which is one of my favorite roles. I played the cat in the hat. And you know I'm was, directing that show. So. I do, I do, <laughs> I do. I love that show. Maybe tapping into you for some reason. Well, you know, it really got, let me tap into my whole improv. Yeah. I got to I really. Stephen gave oh, me. Yeah. It's a lot of freedom there. A lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. A lot of freedom. And I learned a lot from that. Things I shouldn't yeah. do. Things I should do. Shouldn't do. And uh, that was what really year was that? great. Do you remember? Oh gosh. Two thousand three, four. Was that with Phoenix then? Were they still yes? Phoenix, Phoenix okay. had teamed up with Reynoldsburg. Donna, mm -hmm. not Donna. Oh gosh. Um, Romer's wife. Um, Doreen. Doreen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Their performing art pro program. Okay. So, oh, the Reynoldsburg. Yeah. The, yes. The, uh, yeah. So we teamed words, up with them a words. lot. Uh -huh. A lot of the kids. Uh, yeah. So who wanted to do theater and stuff? We teamed up with them, and okay. it was a joint production in the Capitol Theater, oh, which was cool. great. That's a huge venue. Oh, for that. it was great. It was wonderful. It was a yeah. great experience. Yeah. Um. And then just kept doing that and, and uh, found another event. Oh, then I started my own event company. So I start, well, if I can't work for somebody, I will start doing, I'll do it myself. So yeah. I started doing, trying to do special events myself. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of slowly starting to take off. When another event company hired me, I worked for them about nine months. It was a disaster. Mm -hmm. And right before Christmas, they let me go. Of course. So uh, it was 
I had no idea. Nothing was, it was terrible. Very down, down time. And uh, I remember my father saying, you know what? There's just something right around the corner. You'll see. And you're like, yeah, you're, you're my dad. You have you to say that. You always say that, yeah. Um, and then I got a phone call from a number that came up on my phone that was 2222222. I thought, oh, okay, well, this is a number you... sure that's real. You answer this number. It was real. It was a real number. I answered it, and it was my friend, who now my friend, Jill, who had gotten my name from a girl who had worked at Phoenix for years and years. And they were looking for somebody to replace uh, this role, this position, that would you would be uh, an ambassador for this corporation, and you would be their spokesperson. Yeah. And that's very little information going into it. I mean, not much at all. So, But I'd been recommended because I'd been an actor, yeah. a director, yeah. and all these things that I'd done for them. So I, I went and I did the interview, and I think she had recommended a couple other people. Mm-hmm. They never contacted her back. them back. Hmm. So I went in and did the interview, and um, and I think uh, and when I came out of that, I called my father, and I was telling him about the interview, yeah. maybe a little bit more what they shared with me there, and I'm just giving them the details, and then I just, I paused, and I said, oh my God, Dad, I'm auditioning for Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Ronald McDonald. Did you know that? No. You didn't know that going into it? No, no. Had no idea. Very secretive. Very, very secretive. They didn't want you to, like, prejudge or... Well, it's like, for the most part, nobody's supposed to know the actors who Ronald McDonald, who is Ronald McDonald. So, there's very, very secretive. So, as... So, so I did the first interview. Mm -hmm. um, Then I got called back for a second one where I had to do, like, ten minutes... Standing in front of all these owner operators and and people involved yeah. with the the agency, uh, the marketing advertising agency, mm-hmm. and I had to stand there and entertain them for ten minutes, and then have take questions from them. So, I mean, I'm I did improv my whole life in a sense yeah. with theater, mm-hmm. where if something went wrong, mm-hmm. which had happened several times in college, oh, yeah. and, you know, something went wrong, you had to improvise and but to make something up to keep. But to keep going and everything, that was, you know, so I kind of figured out at the time Hannah Montana was popular. So I came up with like a Hannah Montana joke bit and and something else I can't remember. And and then I just kind of kicked into things. There was a guy, an owner operator there who he had a sharp tie and I started making comments on his tie and I asked if it matched his socks. And then he put his socks up on the table and they did. And then, you know, I just started riffing and and. What I, I learned afterwards, once I walked out of the room, they all just looked at each other and said, that's the guy. Hmm. That's him. So. What year was this? This was back in 2008. Okay. Wow. In 2008. So I walked out of the room and then I got the call. They offered me the job. Of Ronald McDonald? Of Ronald McDonald. <laughs> um, offered me a great salary mm-hmm. and, you know, and talked about, and we talked about how, you know, there'd be yearly uh, raises and uh, I would get uh, health care oh, wow. and I asked for uh, a retirement plan mm-hmm. and that was included Cool. and it really just kind of just took off from there that's so amazing that was the greatest job ever yeah 
And you did school shows and so I did educational parades, school shows. Yeah. I did ever I was everything. I did uh, educational school shows, which I've now continued myself. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, those were all was well, great for schools because so many school yeah. systems don't have any budget to speak of. So these shows were free and they weren't comedy shows. They were shows dealing with leadership and shows dealing with bullying Mm -hmm. and shows dealing with reading. Mm -hmm. And before me, many shows years dealing with self-esteem and, and just things that were very important for kids. Like real topics, but real coming from a topics. familiar person. Yeah. And at the time, absolutely. Ronald yeah. McDonald, when I took over their job was still very familiar, was mm-hmm. still an active participant in their marketing plan, McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So you saw him on all the, uh, all the commercials mm-hmm. that were on the uh, Disney and Nickelodeon mm-hmm. and, and morning yeah. Saturday morning television, stuff like that. So, but that made, that kind of made a decline over the years. Is that sort of where I, I, <clears throat> I yes, absolutely. I came in, I think right as the decline started, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think yeah. I, I did Ronald for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say about halfway through, I started to see the differences that our society was putting mm-hmm. clowns in. So, I mean, yeah. clowns had taken the, the horror genre had taken over clowns. Right. And, and even still during those five years leading up to that, you would hear people who consistently would call clowns creepy mm-hmm. or to my face, call me creepy. And when you, you're being very kind and, right. you know, so you weren't kind of the normal clown. if you were. No, no. I mean, every, I mean, Ronald McDonald was at that time. And for years going into that was known. There was one, two between Ronald McDonald and Santa Claus as the most mm. recognized figures really in the world. Yeah. In the world. Wow. So, um, then I, about, uh, my sixth year in, uh, McDonald's removed Ronald from the television commercials. Hmm. And to me, that was the beginning of the end because then children, we were still supposed to be continuing doing our educational shows in, in schools. Mm -hmm. But if kids didn't see you and know who you were any longer, now you're just another clown. Right. Yeah. So the, the familiarity and, and, and the popularity of somebody Mm -hmm. also somebody popular who's telling you and giving you a message well, that means a lot more than just well, who's Some this guy telling me about? Face. Yeah, yeah, who's this guy telling me not to be a bully? So yeah. it really, as the years on, it got harder and harder. I saw yeah. the writing on the wall. A lot of my brothers out there. There's about 275 Ronalds worldwide. Really? Worldwide. Yeah. A lot of them did not want to see the writing on the wall. Mm. They were all very blind to it until uh, last year when McDonald's, without any notice, mm. in the month of November. Um, told everybody, no, actually they didn't tell anybody, they told the owner operators and we had to hear from our owner operators mm-hmm. and people in operations yeah. that Ronald McDonald was being uh, fired. Eliminated. Eliminated. Wow. <laughs> uh, they did continue with like uh, several guys. I ended up auditioning for this nationally, mm-hmm. had four guys nationally, Yeah. but no longer being involved with uh, education for kids, no longer yeah. really going to the places where Ronald was needed Right. Uh, um, Are they still in like the Ronald McDonald House locations? Is that still a the prominent? Ronald McDonald? Uh, Ronald McDonald was is slowly been the images have been removed. Even even at the house, you'll see things. You'll see yeah. the statues and stuff. But there's not a lot. Uh, my friend who works with the the house mm-hmm. um, told me that even from the national organization, they were told to start removing images from any of their marketing, really? advertising. 
um, because the what the world that we live in. Oh man, clowns are not. It's sad. It's, it's sad. It's, it's really sad. sad. It's sad because I think you could have pulled back on Ronald and yet still taken him as being mm-hmm. and used advertising marketing of we have the world's friendliest and greatest clown. Not creepy clown. Not, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, but um, they chose mm-hmm. not to do that. Mm-hmm. And and life post Ronald has been good. It was tough, yeah. but you know, to yeah. figure out what path I was going to go. But it's certainly. But you've continued. And you've done your you've done your thing now, so you are Mr. Pickles. I have continued on with Mr. Pickles. What is Mr. Pickles? Well, Mr. Pickles was really the ten years that I did Ronald, and mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I was always in the moment. You were never allowed to break character, yeah, ever. You could right. never tell someone who you are, yeah. break character. Uh, but one of the things, whenever I would talk to kids or even adults, anybody, if you use the word pickle, pickles. People laughed. They do. They laugh. It makes you smile. It makes you smile. It makes you laugh. I just always observe that. Um, And so when I thought about what am I going to do, I'm going to come. I'll come up with a name, Mister Pickle. So I thought of Mister Pickle at first, and then sharing that with a friend and everything, we thought, well, maybe that might have too much of a phallic kind of by itself, (laughs) Mister Pickle. But if we plur and pickles, there's more than one. Yeah, there's there. more than one. It just sounds a lot more fun, yeah, a lot more absolutely. jovial, and it's worked out great. I took my uh, connections that I've had with Ron over the ten years. A lot of those people brought me in to do um, daycares and uh, some school shows yeah. and uh, festivals, and it's you know the pop. I actually found that going into the schools, Mister Pickles was accepted more widely mm. than Ronald. Because you no longer had any kid deal with kids who didn't maybe like clowns. You're just a guy. You're just a guy. You don't have stuff on your face anymore. Yeah. You're a goofy looking guy who makes you laugh just looking at you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it really, it turned out better. Yeah. So what is your main topic that you focus on when you're in the schools? Uh, I have two shows right now that I have going. I have a show on leadership, mm. which is talking to kids about um Uh, setting a good example for others. You know, it starts with, you know, you may not be a leader. You may not be comfortable being being a leader of others, stepping up to the forefront. But you can always be a leader of yourself Mm. by setting a good example and making the right choices and doing the right things. And therefore, other people who observe you Mm. follow. So it's a great show. It's a really good show. And then I have a show on bullying. um, uh, Bully Busters, where Mm. we talk about, you know, instead of... um, of kids working together mm-hmm. as friends, even though when people are different, you know, accepting people and learning from people and growing and and friendship. And then we talk more about bullies and uh, what a kid should do if they see somebody being yeah. bullied. Right. What do they do? Mm-hmm. You know, there's that show on TV. What would you do? Right. We I put that to the kids and mm-hmm. I, I ask them. And um, it's a really great show. That's so cool. I'm so glad you're doing that. I am too. I'm going to work on a new show. Thank you. Yeah, what's new? What's new? I'm going to work on a new show. It's going to be dealing, it's going to come out next year, dealing with leadership and, um, uh, not leadership, I'm sorry, Uh, self-esteem. Okay. Work on self-esteem and positive behavior. And those are all through Mr. Pickles. These are all be Mr. Pickles. And we'll link your website to this. Hey, that's great. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming. Well, this was fun. I adore I, I, you. You I are think, one of my favorite oh. humans in the entire world, and I'm so glad that you came on here. Well, this is a lot of fun. I'm glad you're doing more things, and, yeah. and you know, life is evolving and moving forward, you know. Yeah, you fun. can't always stay in one 
place. So we never do. Uh, you but know, that's why we're close. So. This is a positive. It is a positive. Thanks for having me, Ben. Thank you, dear. And thanks for listening. 